This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The Glossing Detangler and Perfect Conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back to another episode of Seeing Other People. Together, we're navigating modern dating alongside experts and real-life daters who are sharing their stories. Don't have a date for tonight? No problem. Come learn, laugh, and maybe even cry along with us as we navigate the dating scene together. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. Guys, we have so much to catch up on. I feel like we haven't just caught up in a bit. I feel like I need to be doing more like lives. I don't know. There was going to be a word after that, but then I didn't know what. I'm not going to like do an Instagram live or TikTok live or anything like that, but maybe I should. I just feel like there's so much that happens and I pre-record episodes so we don't get to just shoot the shit and catch up, but we should because there's so much always going on and I want to know what you guys are up to and I want you to know what I'm up to, even though most of the time I'm really not up to anything that exciting. Whatever. Okay. We have a solo Q&A episode today. One of my favorites, one of your favorites. I'm really excited. And you guys sent in such good questions for this one. It's so like well-rounded dating, relationship, wedding, planning, career, friendship, all that good stuff. So really excited to dive into it. I'll start with a little wedding planning update. So if anyone's not interested in this, you can skip ahead a few minutes. I'll keep it brief. Um, As you guys know, things I've crossed off my list so far. 
Um, you know, we got our venue locked in. We're getting married next June, which I'm so excited about. And until then, we all pray that it'll be a beautiful spring day of like 70 degrees, partly cloudy, 0% precipitation, no rain. Um, yeah, that's what that's what it's going to be, right? Totally. Duh. We got that locked in. We got our band. We got our videographer. We got our photographer. We got our florist. Got my wedding dress now, which I know I haven't really talked on the podcast about that experience, but I've done a lot of content on TikTok about it in case you missed it. Um, guys, I tried on 79 wedding dresses, which is batshit crazy absurd. Pre, Just warning to anyone who eventually someday is going to try on wedding dresses, whether it be tomorrow or in 10 years from now, don't do that. Like there's no need to do that to yourself. Um, highly don't recommend the experience of trying on 79 wedding dresses, which ironically or not ironically, I ended up going with the 11th that I tried on. I kept thinking about it for two months of this process and I went back to it. Um, so really excited for that. I won't see it again until a month and a half before the wedding during my first fitting. But until then, I will just be dreaming of it and staring at the photos and videos in the hidden folder on my phone that Jake can't see. So that's what's going on with the wedding. Kind of sort of in a lull now, really focusing on like the details and yeah, trying to just not make my entire personality be about wedding planning. Wow. Okay. I did keep it brief. I'm really proud of myself for that. Amazing. Love. Okay. Let's just get into it. Let's do the questions. First one, I actually really like this question and I love when you guys ask personal deep shit because why wouldn't we want to talk about that stuff? Somebody said, is there anything about marriage that still scares you at this point? Are there any doubts in the back of your mind? I'm so happy to say that there aren't. Like, I don't think there's anything really that scares me because I think Jake and I have such a strong foundation where, you know, and this is something I actually like, I feel weird to say publicly because I think there's a lot of like shame around it, but like Jake and I don't fight. And some people will be like, oh, well, you don't fight. Then there's like no passion in your relationship. Do you really even love each other? It's like, we don't look at a problem and say it's me versus him or it's him versus me. It's us against the problem. So anything that there is for us to work through, we're working through together versus like yelling and silent treatments and some of these unhealthy ways to resolve conflict. We're teammates, you know, we're partners. So we really tackle things head on together and we don't often like or ever really let things like ruminate and build up resentment towards each other because we're very communicative. And so I think because of that, there's nothing that I'm really afraid of. Obviously, life is going to get hard. You know, I recognize that right now we're young and we don't have kids and it's semi easy compared to what it will be. And yeah, that thought, that idea scares me, but it's not about marriage. It's about, it's scary that life gets hard, you know? Like I remember so vividly the night I got engaged, just laying in bed. Jake had already gone to sleep and I was kind of tearing up because I was like, life is so happy and wonderful in this moment. And I know it's not always going to be that way. And that doesn't mean we're going to fall out of love with each other or anything like that. It just means life gets hard and shit happens that you're not always prepared for, that you never expect that things are, that are your worst nightmare happens. And so it's just, that scares me. It's more like life and growing up, but I also have so much comfort in knowing that I'm doing it with somebody who I trust so much, who I love so much, who I know has my back and who I 
have his. And so I think because of that, I don't have doubts. I don't feel scared about marriage itself. I more so just feel scared about like growing up and life getting harder. Cool. Now that we got that deep moment out of the way. Next question. Been on two dates, great textual chemistry and great discussions, but minimum in real life chemistry. Do you recommend a third date? I think hot take. I think this happens more often than not. You know, I think we build up textual chemistry so much and we I think that could actually partially be the reason why there's like a lack of in-person chemistry thus far is because the textual chemistry has been so prevalent where it was so exciting. And then in person, you're like, oh, maybe this isn't there. So now you're both in your heads about, is there something here or not? And you feel like you can fall back on this textual chemistry between dates because you know it's there and you know it's strong. And so it's okay if nothing happens on the date because you have that and that'll keep it going. I think chemistry and a physical connection can build over time. I think two dates is a short time. What? That's like one to five hours with somebody. I think absolutely. If you have good conversation, if, you know, you enjoy spending time with this person, you have no reason to not go on that third date with them. I think absolutely. I think if you get to a point where it's you're like six, seven, eight dates in and you don't feel that physical connection, there's really no chemistry in person, then maybe the two of you just aren't compatible in that way. And that's okay. But I would say definitely like go on a third date, go on a fourth date. And if you start feeling a real blocker, like you're, you can't get there, then that's a different story. But right now, you're still getting to know each other. And I think there's plenty of room for that physical connection and chemistry in person to grow. Somebody asked, were you in a sorority in college? Ooh, guys, we've never really talked about my college years. I guess in pieces we have with like dating stuff, but not really. Yeah, I was in a sorority at Syracuse. I was in AEFI, which is one of the Jewish sororities. I definitely always envisioned going to a college with Greek life and joining that just because I loved this idea of, you know, the camaraderie. And I I know the word sisterhood sounds cheesy, but feeling like you're a part of something bigger and, and involved in a community and like there are people everywhere. And I, I thought that was really cool. You know, there's a lot of stigmas around it. People are like, oh yeah, you paid for your friends in college. It's like, so like, first of all, no, I didn't. I paid for actual things like food and events that were provided to me in exchange. But it was more so like finding this group of people whom I had this instant connection with. And yeah, there were like 200 people in my sorority. I obviously was not going to be best friends with all of them, but it was a way to kind of anchor myself in a social setting where I was able to meet people who I had so much in common with. And I did, not just in my grade, people who were three years older and then eventually three years younger. And I found so many incredible people through it. So I loved it. And obviously, yeah, parties were really fucking fun and having a social schedule. Oh my God. Now I'm just reminiscing on college. It's so crazy. Like we took it for granted. We didn't because we enjoyed it. But the concept of there is a set person there, a whole set team to build a social schedule, a social calendar for you where three to five nights of the week, you're being told, here's a party that's being planned that you're invited to. Here's a party that you can go to. Here's like a fun theme. Here's a bar that's being set up for you to go with a tab that's already been paid for. Like, oh my God, crazy. Social calendars, so crazy. And that you wouldn't know 
until the week of what your calendar was like for the week. That's even crazier. Wild. It also is really funny how your sorority, your fraternity, and that social calendar dictated your dating life in college. Because let's say like I had a crush on a guy in Sayu and I was just like sitting there waiting like, oh, I really hope we have a party with Sayu on Thursday so that I can like see him. Like that is so crazy. And then if we didn't have a party at Sayu on Thursday or at all that week, I just like probably would not see this person because I didn't have the balls to like text them and ask to see them. So, oh my God, just went down a rant about that. But yeah, I definitely was in the sorority in college. I'm still very close with a lot of my friends from my sorority now, some of them who I literally met the first day when we joined freshman year. And I I love them. I love it. You guys know that I struggle with confidence. I'm always my biggest critic. And when I notice something about myself that I don't like, I can't stop fixating on it. I'm working on all of this, but it can be hard. A year ago, I noticed that my hair was thinning and I was finding more and more strands of hair on the floor every time I would walk around my apartment. When I would look down in the shower, I would freak out at what I saw in the drain. That's when I opened up to my best friend who happens to be a doctor. And she said two things that changed my life. The first was that she knows so many women our age going through the same thing. The second is that she told me to try Nutrafol. And so I did. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. A year later and a month before my wedding, and I cannot believe the number of people who have been complimenting how long, strong, and healthy my hair looks. I never imagined that this would happen. And naturally, as a result, my confidence has transformed. I'm no longer self-conscious when it comes to my hair. And honestly, that is a huge, huge, huge personal win for me. And you guys know I'm hilariously bad at sticking with habits and taking something every day or doing something every day. But with Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online with no prescription required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure that you'll never miss a day. You'll see results in three to six months. And trust me, it is worth the wait. You can start so easily by taking their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering the Seeing Other People family $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code seeing other people. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code seeing other people. That's Nutrafol.com promo code seeing other people. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating. And my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, 
and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Any advice for someone changing industries at 28? It's been hard. Okay, love this question. And I totally hear you. It is hard. It is scary. There's this idea out there that we need to know exactly what we want to do with our lives. We need to be so sure of it from such an early age. And we need to go do it. And we need to be good at it. And we need to decide that, yeah, I made the right decision and I'm doing this forever. Nope wrong. It's all wrong. And maybe that is the way our parents or our grandparents did it. But that's not how we need to do it. And just because it worked for your older sibling doesn't mean it needs to work for you too. So I really, really encourage anyone listening who is feeling like their career path that they went down isn't fulfilling them or there's something else out there that they're curious about or they know that you know you're really unhappy with what you're doing and you're so interested in something else it is never too late to change your career path it is never too late to leave a job it's also never too soon to leave a job okay i don't care if you just started this job 4 months ago if you are crying every day if you are miserable if you are so anxious about every one-on-one that you're going to have with your boss, if you are dreading every project, if you are firmly confident that this is not the right job for you, you're allowed to leave. You're allowed to go apply to jobs and you can explain to them, yeah, you know, I was really excited about this job for XYZ reasons. I was excited to do these things that were on the job description. I got there the role really isn't actually for me. It's not what it was mapped out to be. And I'm just not in an environment that I can thrive in. But I'm so excited about this opportunity because of XYZ reasons. And I think the way your company is set up like this will be so great for me. And I can offer all of these things that I've learned in previous jobs. And I'm so excited to come here and dive in headfirst. There are so many ways you can explain being at a job for a short amount of time. All right, back to the original question of Advice for someone changing industries. I think anybody who knows or hears that you're changing industries is going to be so proud of you. Some of them are going to be envious of you because they want to change industries. But know that the time that you spent in whatever industry you were in before, that wasn't wasted time. There's so much that you learned, so many skills, so many different things that you picked up on that are making you qualified for whatever else it is that you're going to go out and do. So it wasn't a waste. It's not like you wasted six years out of college, seven years, eight years, 10 years, 20 years doing something else. And now you're underqualified for this other thing. No, you have experience. You're just doing it, applying it to something else. Okay. So maybe you were in, like for me, I was 
in music and I went to dating. And yeah, I was like 25 at the time, but I used the actual same skills. I just applied them to something completely different. And that was really difficult for a lot of people to wrap their heads around. But for me, I was like, no, I'm actually kind of doing the same thing. It's just about something different. And so kind of taking a step back and taking that pressure off of like, well, you had to be trained for this one certain thing or everyone else has been in fashion forever. So you're like, who are you, who do you think you are coming into fashion after being an accountant? Like, I don't what no. You can do whatever you want to do. Okay. There's no rule book. There's no guidebook that says you can't switch careers. So just know that it's really badass that you're doing it. Know that you will be so much better off for it. And know that it's a really hard thing to do to leave an industry, but the payoff is so huge because you know you weren't meant to be there. You know there's something else that you're gravitating towards and it is so going to pay off. Change is really hard. It's really scary. The unknown is terrifying, but you got this. I know you do. Somebody asked, what does it mean if a guy is on a dating app, but he has a public Instagram that still has pictures of his ex? It means he's a guy. He is not thinking about the fact that he has pictures of his ex on his Instagram. Trust me. He's not thinking about his Instagram at all. And I know as girls, we think, oh, I have to delete all these pictures or okay, I can leave one up from a while ago to show I had a boyfriend, but that it's long over. Like they're not thinking how is somebody on a dating app going to think of me when they stalk me and see my Instagram and see that they're literally not thinking about that at all. Not one bit. I know. And I, I always thought this was funny. My, an ex-boyfriend of mine, his entire Instagram is like eight pictures long, but one picture is of a girl, a girl he dated. The next picture is like a year later of a different girl he was dating. And then two years later, of a new girl that he was dating that he's now married to. And his Instagram is literally just like a tribute to the girls that he's dated. And I guarantee he has never once thought about that because guys do not think about social media. Not all guys, most guys do not think about social media and Instagram the same way we do. So I would not read into it that much. I would just think of it as like, all right, he's a dude. That's it. He does not care. He's, he's on the dating app now. He's single now. Hopefully that's the case. Hopefully he is single now. But yeah, I would not read into that too much. If if any guy listening to this thinks otherwise, shoot me a DM. I'll post this on the story. Whatever you say, um, would love to get a guy's opinion on that. But yeah, I think they're really not thinking about it. Somebody said, a friend told me that they have feelings for me. I don't feel the same way. Plus, I'm now in a new relationship. Help. What do I do? How do I respond? How should I feel? I think all you can do is kind of take note of it and just be respectful and understanding to your friend who expressed feelings for you. You know, they know that you're in a new relationship now. I think this is probably something that they had been thinking about for a very long time, that they had been debating, should I tell them? Should I not tell them for a very long time? And when they saw you get into a relationship, they probably felt like, oh my God, did I lose my chance? What if they end up with this person forever? What if they're meant to be with me? Maybe I'll regret it for the rest of my life if I don't tell them how I feel. I need to, for myself, do that. I imagine that is likely how they felt. At least one thing I said in there probably would resonate with that person who told you they had feelings for you. So listen, if you don't feel the same, 
that's probably the best case scenario, honestly, right now, because you are in this new relationship. And so them telling you about their feelings is not going to mess up this new relationship that you're in. But of course, you want to preserve the friendship. Of course, you want to make sure that your friend is okay. I would really just kind of say something really nice to them back. Like, I really appreciate that you told me that. And I have so much love for you as a friend. And I'm sorry that my feelings aren't stronger or aren't romantic, but I totally respect like if you need some time of not talking to me, you tell me what you need from me, what I can do for you because I want to make sure that we stay friends after this. But I also understand if being friends with me right now might be difficult for you. I think that's really all you can do is kind of let them decide what they need and tell you what they need and just remind them that you care about them and that their friendship is really important to you and you just don't see them in that way or you're really excited about the new person you're dating. You don't even have to make it about them. You can just be like, I I really am into the relationship that I'm in now. I wouldn't say something like if the timing was different or had you told me sooner, I would definitely avoid things like that because that might give them hope that like, oh, well, maybe this relationship will end or, oh, you know, they do like me, but, or they could like me, but I would really try and avoid anything like that because you don't want to mislead. You don't want them to feel like there is hope in the future if there's not. So I would say stick with like, uh, I don't feel that way or I'm really excited about this new relationship that I'm in and I want to prioritize that, but I care about you and our friendship and I value that. So let me know what you need. Brave the uncomfortable. Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started Presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a Presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone, Presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from. And if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right. All right. I know that everyone has their hands up and I get it. 
I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off farmer-owned, Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. Do you feel like you're at a crossroads in your love life? Maybe you're in the thick of modern dating or you're wondering if the person you're with is your person. Whatever your situation, I have the perfect podcast for you. It's called Dateable, your insider's look into modern dating, hosted by Julie Krafchick and Yue Shu. They talk about it all, from why you're choosing the wrong partner and how to stop, to how to actually go from matching on the app to getting on a date, to securing your anxious attachment and everything in between. Julie and Yue have been on Seeing Other People, and I've been a guest on their podcast too, so if you're looking for a great starting point, check out my episode of Dateable, season 15, episode 10, Is It Chemistry or Anxiety? Guys, this podcast is incredibly relatable, insightful, and oftentimes hilarious. Wherever you start, Dateable will help you feel inspired to date differently and create a love life that works for you. You can subscribe and listen to episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts every Wednesday and Sunday. So check out Dateable and thank me later. Next one. Somebody said, when did you know you wanted to commit to marrying your fiance? Oh, guys, I love these like wholesome, loving, adorable questions. Thanks for sending them in. Keep them coming. Um, Jake and I have talked about this before. For both of us, there was no one moment or one thing that the other did that made us say they're the one. It was more this constant feeling that things were right and this overall sense or vibe of, the two of us make sense. Not like on paper, but our values are aligned. We want the same things in the future. Our personalities complement each other. We get along really well. Like we really enjoy the time we spend together and we always want more of it. And there's so many things that we want to do together in our futures with each other. Like it's, it was this feeling of this feels really good. This feels really right. And this makes sense. There's no giant hurdle that we've had to overcome or giant blocker, like something being super misaligned. Like we're very just on the same page. And I think it was this feeling that just kept growing of like, this is it. This is right. There are no doubts. There's no question. There's no, oh, if only that thing was different. It was just 
consistently really, really good and stable and comfortable and wonderful. And so I think, you know, maybe had there been some misaligned values in a sense of like religion or politics or how we wanted to raise kids, that could have been a big hurdle of like, well, maybe this isn't right. Same thing with like, when we spend time together, like we just, we're so on the same page where from the beginning, it's just been so beautifully, magically easy and comfortable. And I think just knowing that feeling and knowing that that feeling kept growing, just, I think we got to a point where everything just, that our future kind of was laid out for us where it happened really organically. You know, we talked about moving in together. We talked about Barkley together. We did move in together and moving in together worked really well. You know, again, like there was no big transition or conflict when we moved in together. It just worked really well. And I think, you know, some of our married friends have said like getting married isn't the transition. Moving in together is the transition. And so I think knowing that when we did move in together and it went so well, it was very easy for us to then say like, okay, yeah, like this makes even more sense now. Like, duh, of course we're going to spend the rest of our lives together. Like, why wouldn't we? And I think there just there were so many reasons why we wanted to and no reasons why we wouldn't or shouldn't. So I don't know if that answers your question. Because there was no like one moment. It's just been a constant growing feeling. And I think maybe there's beauty in that too. Somebody said, what are your thoughts on changing friendships in your 20s and 30s? How can you maintain closeness when people's lives are on different pages, things are happening at different times, and people grow apart? You guys know I love talking about friendships and friendships changing. I think a few things. One, it's important to recognize that your friendships do change. And so obviously this person who wrote in has recognized that. Um, I think it's really important to recognize that your friendships will change. Your friends and your friendships will be like seasons. Sometimes you'll be really, really, really close with one person. And then there will be times where you're less close because maybe you're in a relationship or they're in a relationship or somebody moved for a few years for a job or school or something like that. And then you'll come back together and you'll be really, really, really close again where someone will get married and start have kids while you're still single and you'll feel a little distant from that person. There are so many different things that happen in our 20s and 30s where it's really unique and interesting because up until this point, our lives have always been the same as our friends. You know, we're going through the same things at the same time. We're entering middle school together. We're going through puberty together. We're having our first kisses together. And then we're applying to colleges together, taking the SATs, driver's ed, getting our licenses. Like the biggest thing that could happen in a friendship was that like somebody would get their license like eight months before someone else because of their birthday. Like that was the biggest misalignment in terms of timing. You know, you go to college, maybe you go to colleges in different states or around the country or in different countries, but you're still experiencing the same things kind of at the same time. And then you graduate and you get jobs and you're kind of like freshmen in the real world. But after that point, like after that first like year, two years, three years, things start to veer off course for different people. You know, people go down different roads and go down different paths. And that's when I think we start to realize for the first time, like, wait a second, 
maybe some of these people we thought we were going to be friends with for our entire lives, like that might not actually happen. Or people are changing and are interested in very different things than we were interested in together before, or I'm now interested in very different things. And I think that's a big wake up call is, you know, realizing there are some friends maybe you met in college and you would go out together all the time or you would go to concerts or music festivals. And one of you loses interest in doing that. It's not exciting to you anymore. It's really draining. It's exhausting. You don't have the energy. You just don't have the interest anymore. What is left of your friendship if that's the thing that you valued and that you did together in the shared experience, the common interest that you had? And I think that's a really big part of growing up is realizing that some friends are around for a season, for a chapter. You know, they're your fun friends. They're your going out friends. But they're not necessarily the friends that you're going to call when you're having a crisis at work or when you are feeling really lost and confused about what to do in a relationship or somebody in your family is sick. You know, that friend that you went to Izu with is not necessarily the friend that is going to be your first, second, or third phone call. And maybe the person that would have also another one who could have been your first, second, or third phone call, maybe they're doing something completely different with their lives right now where you're going through a breakup, they just got engaged and are planning a wedding and they can't relate to the breakup that you're going through right now. So you might then end up leaning on somebody who maybe it's a coworker who you just met who recently went through a breakup, you know? I think it's it's accepting that friendships change. That doesn't mean that you're a bad friend. That doesn't mean that that person holds any less value in your life or that that friendship wasn't meaningful. Things just change. And I think there's also a lot of beauty in realizing that during this time you're also going to meet so many new people who as you grow, as you mature, as you figure out who you are and what lights you up and what really excites you and the things you're passionate about, there are so many opportunities to meet people that share those same passions. And those same passions aren't just the sorority you're in and the frat that has the guy that you like, you know, like it was in college. Those passions are actually really deep and wonderful things that you can explore together and connect on. And There are some friends that you'll meet that you literally won't even be able to imagine how you went 25, 30 years without them. And so it's accepting that friendships do change, realizing like you're not a bad friend because you outgrew a friendship. And I think it's also realizing that your friends aren't perfect and neither are you. And so there could be something that a friend does that really frustrates you or rubs you the wrong way, or you really don't support. Doesn't mean they're a bad person. Doesn't mean they're a bad friend. But you've grown up in different ways where you value different things, where you see different things as the right way to do things. And so that could also put a wedge in friendships. And I've definitely experienced that too. And there's no one person's right, one person's wrong. It's just different. And so I think it all goes back to accepting this idea of friendships do change. And it's really cool that there are so many people for you to meet, for you to grow close with. It's really special that there are so many people that you have had such close, wonderful, loving friendships with. But as you change, as you grow, as your interests change, as the place you live changes, as the things that you do change, 
your friendships naturally will change. And there's nothing wrong with that. And sometimes it might even take a conversation with a friend of like, listen, I love you. I know we are doing different things, but I still want to make sure like we maintain that closeness and we still have these things that we connect on. It also might be about realizing there are people that you no longer value their friendship or there are people who are just your get lunch with every quarter to catch up and still, you know, be in each other's lives, but from a distance. There are so many different types of friendships that you can have and you might just have to think about each of them in their own way and not compare one another, but just say like, here's how this friendship fits into my life right now. And again, that could change. It could grow. You could grow closer to that person again, become more distant from that person. It's kind of the circle of life. I really could talk about friendship forever. I, there's so much, so much there. Somebody said, I feel embarrassed over our breakup. I'm not sure how to resolve this. Whew, I have been there. Let me tell you, I have been there a time or 20. Um, I think I've spoken about this before. I'm definitely not a graceful breakup B. Um, and I think I've always regretted how I've left a breakup or how I've you know reacted to being broken up with. Listen, you got to give yourself grace. It's a really painful thing to experience, especially if it was unexpected, especially if you were planning your future in your head with this person. It is such a hard thing to be told, I don't want to be with you. We are no longer together. I'm no longer in this. Sometimes you're blindsided. Sometimes you feel it coming. And that's even worse because you feel so powerless. Like there's nothing you can do about it. They're going to break up with you. You want to hold on. You want to be with them. They don't. How could we get here? What do we do? And there's nothing we can do. So you react based on those emotions. All you can do is give yourself grace and recognize that you just went through a really fucking hard thing and you're in a lot of pain. And hopefully this person on the other side of it will recognize that. And, you know, they've seen you at your best moments and it's okay for them to see you at your worst too. I imagine they're not going to only think of this when they think of you. I don't know exactly what happened, but, you know, I'm thinking of certain things that I've done and said and ways I've acted during a breakup. And I definitely felt a lot of shame and felt horrible about it. And I have, you know, I think my last breakup, I really, it, I did not handle it well. And um, I do think I actually sent a text. So it was a very short text, maybe like two or three sentences, just saying like, hey, I'm really sorry about how everything went down. I hope you can forgive me and we can move forward from this. And I think he said something like, hey, Alana, no problem. I understand. I really appreciate you saying that. Absolutely. And that was it. We weren't actually going to move forward from it. Like we weren't going to be in each other's lives, but it was an acknowledgement of like, hey, I'm embarrassed about what happened. Sorry for the way I acted. I was hurt. Hope you understand. And him saying like, yeah, thanks for saying something. Thanks for acknowledging that. I get it. It's all good. And that was it. And I think, you know, there's nothing you can do to take it back. And sending paragraphs, leaving voicemails, writing letters, all of these things, they're not going to undo it. All you can really do is say to yourself, listen, Alana, it's okay. It happens. It's not the worst thing that's ever happened in the world. You're not the only person to ever react this way. You're not the last person. You're not the first person. It happened. You're not a bad person because of it. 
and life will go on and you're not going to be defined by this moment, by your reaction to this painful experience. And if you need to say something to your ex about it, I think keep it short and sweet. And just like I said, like acknowledge, I get that this happened. Sorry, wish I had reacted differently. I hope you understand. That's really all you can do is just acknowledge it and apologize and then just own it. You know, it happened. And next time it doesn't have to happen that way, but I get it. It sucks. It's a really shitty feeling. And my heart goes out to you and I'm sending you a big, big, big virtual hug and lots and lots of love. All right, you guys, I am going to hold myself accountable for getting all the things done that I wanted to get done today, including going to a Pilates class, which starts in approximately nine minutes. So I'm going to go do that. Um, that is my shout out to anyone else who wanted to accomplish something today that they are debating not going to or putting off or just a responsibility they're ignoring. Go do it. I'm giving you the time. I kept this episode short, so go do it. Uh, wish me luck in Pilates. Keep sending in questions. The best way you can get a question asked or the best way you can ask a question to get it answered on the show is through the link in my bio on Instagram, on TikTok. There is a submit a question box. Uh, please submit the questions there. There's also a story highlight on the Instagram it says submit a question and there's a link to submit questions in a Google form. Submit those away. Keep asking the deep questions. I love them. And anytime you guys need me, I'm here for you. I love you all so much. Stay tuned for the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening, daters. I hope today's episode made you feel just a little bit less alone out there, no matter what your status might be. Give your finger a break from swiping and hit that follow and review button instead. And if you have any burning questions or want to share your own dating horror stories, reach out to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. And in the meantime, keep on seeing other people.